sing it, sister. Make your fridges, grab 10 other fridges and turn up and watch these games. Welcome to Giants Women Say, the podcast where we discuss all things AFLW Giants. I'm Fiona Lamb. I'm Nat Morgan. I'm Emma Phillips. And I'm Cora Staunton. Welcome, Woo! Cora Staunton. <laughs> Thank you. Cora's in the house. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here at 2SER. No bother at all. <laughs> I hope you can understand me. <laughs> Sorry, was that? <laughs> In episode 10, we will review the preliminary finals. We'll chat about that photo of Taylor Harris and the response to it. M interviews C-Bomb, Cecilia McIntosh. We'll give our prediction for the grand final and throughout we will hear from our guest co-host, Cora Staunton. So let's get into it and start with the prelim finals. I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> Straight to the gloating. Well, I thought it was obvious, but I, I was could glad. not believe it. No, I could. well, you know what? As soon as I said Danelle and out, I thought, well, it's definitely coming true. My prediction for sure. Um, Carltonwood tops play every week. They have improved week in, week out. Their good players are getting better. The younger players are carrying their own as well. No, no one is carrying the team. They were fantastic. And then when you ended up with Three shoulders and a concussion and a hip with uh, Frio. They were they were down and out in the end, and they had nothing. They had absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah, they looked good, didn't they? I thought they started really nervously, Carlton, and the shot that Brazali missed straight up that set shot that was a real gimme. And then I just thought they kept getting sucked to the contest a bit. The Frio players held their ground out from the contest and looked poised and a little more comfortable. And I thought, oh gee, here we go. But you know, they they just stuck it out and took over very quickly and didn't look back. But why was it so different? Were they were they confident? I, I don't want to say they were confident. did they not have enough worthy adversary, but um uh they were so great the week before and I appreciate Nat you said, you know, they celebrated early so maybe <laughs> they felt like that's as far as they thought they were going to go. But what happened on the field? What was so different? I was I was really disappointed, really disappointed. And Carlton actually had gave them a window as well. They kicked one goal five in that first quarter and were missing the shots. They had all the play and just didn't nail it on the scoreboard. So it was still tight at quarter time. Uh, but, no, Carlton, they had the confidence. They were backing each other. I heard um, the coach, Daniel Hartford, during the week, he was all about the girls and praising them and he was confident and everyone was – they were on the same page, I felt. It, whatever they'd been building up to – culminated in this great game on the Saturday. Yeah, I reckon two things were at play. One is that possibly we overestimated North Melbourne and so it made Freo look particularly good. Whereas if you look back on North season, the first few matches, though they dominated, maybe they weren't really tested. And then when it came to the test, the Melbourne game, they won by less than a kick free, I think it was, and you were a bit unsure they should have won it all because of some umpiring decisions. No, and it sort of went downhill that, from there. You and your <laughs> Bear with Melbourne. me, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe Freya looked better than, the, better than they were. And then possibly Carlton are just hitting their stride at the right time. I think they've just improved week to week. And I, I said earlier before the show, if we had another month of the season, maybe Carlton could sort of get up there to Adelaide's level, I think. They're good enough on paper. Yeah, I think um, with, with Frio, I think they've been talked up a lot and I think 
teams with that little bit of extra pressure on them, you know, can go into a, uh, a match and be a bit unsure. Where I think Carlton were going in as underdogs and didn't have really anything to lose and all the talk about Conference B. And I just think right from the off, they were tackling harder, working harder, even though Frio looked like in the first few minutes that they were, you know, were going to get on top. But I just thought their tackle pressure around the the whole ground was, was massive and Frio could never match it. Yeah, they, they got a few injuries, you know, along the way. And, but, you know, Carlton just for probably three quarters and a half looked the better team and just even in the forward line I think they looked like they had the you know when the ball was kicked in they had every option whether it was ground balls was it high into Harris whatever I just didn't didn't think Frio ever got the ball inside 50 and the, and their forwards that have been producing um, all season you know Duffy and that just didn't get on the ball and, and didn't see see any of it I just thought Car- Carlton were immense but I don't think they've been probably getting enough credit because they've had some matches that were poor but they've had some matches that were great and you know you look going into the grand final they're the team that's got closest to Adelaide um, they only lost by I think 13 points and kicked a lot of goals in them and I think we were four goals up at one stage and that was without Taylor Harris she didn't, she didn't play that day so yeah. While Chelsea Randall didn't play either that day, it's you know it's it's going to be a, a brilliant grand final. I just don't think that I think there's been so much talk about Conference B that Carlton, they've been they've been very good and obviously we've seen it in Blacktown when we played them. They're they're a very good team with some mm. very very good footballers. Yeah, do you think they can do it, Cora? It it wouldn't surprise me. Obviously, Adelaide have to win as you know as big big favourites, but um you know there's you know it's going to be pressure on Adelaide and you know. Um, I know when we played them, obviously we, we held them well for three quarters. Uh, you know, they certainly blew us away in, in, in the fourth quarter. But, you know, all it takes is that, you know, the likes of Phillips or Marinoff to have a, di- a, a you know, not a, not a great game um, and everything to go right for Carlton. You know, who, who, you know, it's, it, there's, again, all the pressure is on Adelaide. It's over there. Mm. Carlton going to be coming in as underdogs. And if, you know... I think this is the first time, like um, they did when they played, I think it was round two, this is the first time that the Adelaide backs are going to have a lot, a lot of pressure on them and can they hold up. If if Carlton get, can get ball around the middle and get that ball in, um, you know, they'll, they'll go a long way. I don't think it's going to be any route. Um, um, yeah, why not? I think they'll be there, thereabouts. I think it, it, it should be a good final. Um, obviously, you'd have to tip the crows to win it, but they won't be far away. Mm. And you're right about that last quarter with yourselves. Uh, you were with them till three-quarter time and the following week, North Melbourne were exactly the same. They were with them until three-quarter time and then Adelaide are just like, let's try a bit harder now or lift our game. But any, you're right, anything can happen. Three-quarter time, there might be an injury. It might be raining. It, the wind might be against them. Yeah. Anything could happen and Carlton could hang in a bit Yeah, I've I seen, seen something I think was on Twitter um, yesterday, their stats for their last quarter, they, what they've, they've blown away opposition and conce- conceded very little. Um, but I do think that Carlton forward line are very dangerous and if anyone is going to put it up to them, it's them. Um, they probably haven't come up, as I said, against someone like Harris and that powerful. And, you know, we, we had Downey, they played very well um, as well at the weekend. So, you know, and they have the midfielders in Persparacus and um, loins, and you know they have yeah. they have them there to win the ball, and um, you know if someone does probably a tagging job on Phillips and and stop her, you know who knows? Um, you know, as I said, the Crows are going to be massive favourites, but um, you know I do give them a shout. Um, you know, going into a final with that amount of pressure on you um, can sometimes tell. A bit with um, Donnellan being withdrawn before the game, we only found out like 
15 minutes before the match and the players might have known earlier what effect does it have when your captain isn't going to who's been what in their top three probably for the year what effect does that have on uh, the yeah, players yeah it's, it's huge um, you know I, I, I don't know exactly when the players that have found out but obviously if they, they, they said it was knee soreness so obviously they have ruled out I, I'd imagine a day or two beforehand yeah obviously you know she's one of, one of their top three or four players it's huge for a team Um you know, to, to, to lose someone like that. You know, Freer again were on the road. I think they've done very well when they're at home. Um, but when they've been on the road, it's 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 probably a little bit more difficult. And as I said, all the pressure was on them. And when you don't have your on-field leader there, um, you know, I know they have other leaders on the pitch, but when you don't have your main on-field leader, you know, it's it's a huge um it's a huge disadvantage to them. And I think, you know, um the probably the pressure told in the end for them and as I said, Carlton's hunger and work rate and that un- underdog kinda stashes that they're going into matches is really shown and I think um, they'll probably bring that again on Sunday yeah definitely a couple of the players who stood out to me um, in the losing side um, not too many (laughs) Gooch Probably, and she was probably the, picking up the most possessions, shutting down a lot of the play, and then she did a shoulder. That was just early into the second quarter too, and she was off for a long time having it either needled or strapped or whatever was happening, and she did come back, but I'm sure that must have hindered her something chronic. Um, so that freed up the forwards a bit more for the time she was off. I don't really know anyone else. All the rest I've got is all the Colton players who looked fantastic, I thought. Well, in her absence, you'd hope that Bowers and Hooker would step up. And they did have their moments. Certainly, there was some really beautiful play from, from both of them, but didn't really grab the game as they perhaps have done through this season. Well, you know, then, and Carlton, Carlton Mids just dominated them. Then when they were just coming off one by one yeah, with injuries, look, yeah. Bowers came off, didn't she? She seemed to have a really bad hip. Yeah, she, she put Taylor, a bump on Taylor, yeah, wasn't she, it? Yeah, she came off, I think, in the fourth quarter. But I, 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 I really think the, you know, the game was probably done, well, like done by, by, then, by that stage. Yeah. She, she did have an influence on the game, but probably not as big of an influence that she's had on, on you know other games throughout the season. So their main players that have been playing really well were either didn't perform on the day or were well marshaled by the the Carlton, you know, midfielder defence. So um, you have to give Carlton credit. Um, you know, I just don't think Frio um, performed on the day, but that probably lot, that was down to a Carlton pressure. There was pressure all over the field from the first mm. to the last minute. There was some really, really hard tackles going in, um, you know, whether some forwards or, or mids or backs was all over the field. And I think, yeah. Duff, did Duffy come back in for Dunellan or was she named anyway? Remember she had the, uh, like a calf injury? She, yeah, she had a, yeah. she had an ankle injury. And she, well, yeah. she didn't really get close to the ball, did no, she? No, she, I, she compared got, to what yeah, she'd been doing. She got very little possessions, but she had been very good in the last few rounds. So I'm sure her injured ankle had something to play with that. Yeah. I did hear, I was watching one of the men's matches beforehand in the lead up and they're all, the commentators and the players were whinging about how hot it was at 29 degrees. And I thought, you know what, fellas, tell someone who cares because the girls have been playing for six to eight weeks in 30 plus conditions. Mm. And the men's very first game, they're saying, oh, it's so hot, our poor boys. I'm really looking forward to the time when the game is moved to a more reasonable for climate. The, the women's? The women's. Yeah. yeah. Look, I don't care when they play as long as they play for more than seven weeks. As long as you can play everyone once, I don't care when you play it. I just want to see that that is the level playing field. Mm. It can be 48 degrees. 
I won't come out and watch. I'll, I'll be at home on my couch in the right. aircon watching. But, 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 but Cora will have to play because you, you think that's reasonable. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's, you know, frustrating, obviously, have the short season. Um, yeah, it's something, obviously, the AFL have to look at and, and see where they're going ahead. And, you know, obviously... You'd imagine for next year with 14 teams in it, that's its conference system all set up again. But who knows? You know, that means if that's the case, you'll probably have one less game because there's obviously seven teams. So there's only six games. And do they do finals or what do they do? You know, you can't go from season where you two seasons where you're having seven game and by season, you know, four or three at this stage, you know, you're going to have, um, you know, a less game in AFL four or AFLW four. They have to be going forward. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, You know, again, it was very late in the year when we found out exactly what was happening. You know, it's it's October Mm. time, nearly November time and you're back pre-season. So you'd hope these decisions are made a lot earlier and the AFL have a a plan going forward, certainly by, you know, April, May, June and not um, October, November. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> we we realised that, that the players found out what was it a day or maybe a week. Yeah, before I think it was about a week. Yeah, I think it was, it was about a week before. But it's and, you know um, it's it's probably very hard on a club like GWS because. It, while it's difficult for all clubs we've girls that are travelling from interstate and you know a lot of our girls are coming from you know WA or coming from Victoria or in my case coming from across the world um, where it, it's difficult for them to plan and exactly when pre-season is, going to, pre-season is going to start or how long it's going to be or how long are you going to wait, be away from your job and stuff like that and if you're not being and until you're being paid a million dollars a season yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so it's, it's difficult <laughs> really but like it's, it's frustrating but you know, I just hope that they'll kind of look at it and improve on that and, you know, give players um, a little bit more time to, you know, um, plan out their, their lives ahead because of football and they know when they have to move to move away from home and how long they're going to be gone for and how many games they're going to play and when they're going to go back because, you know, it's 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 way too late that they're being told these things. Yeah. yeah. My name's Anine Zareka and you are listening to Giants Women's Say. Why don't we discuss uh, the second prelim final? Let's, no, let's talk no, let's... Crows versus Cats. So after um, Carlton won, this whole other possibility, this whole other um, parallel universe opened up to people. Maybe, just maybe, Cats might get up. Maybe, just maybe, they might knock the Crows off. Tell them they're dreaming. I was in. I was at the game on Saturday. I was in Melbourne for the weekend, so I saw the you Carlton. Were. I was. I was at the game. And I saw Carlton Frio play. It was great. It was a really fantastic match to watch. But it was so funny to listen to all the Victorian supporters afterwards go, oh, mate, I reckon the Cats could get up now. You know? and, th- and just fantasise about this all-Victorian <laughs> grand final. Very quickly shot the following day. Seven points, the Cats. Seven in total. Points in total for the whole game. That makes a grand total of 30 points they've scored in the past three games. I'm going to get off this whinging about the Cats. I think just get it out. N- let, I, it okay. out let it out. Let all right. it flow. 30 points. You know, like, we all know they shouldn't have been there. We can't change all that stuff. But it, I just sort of think with such a great game on the Saturday and to follow with that, yeah. it's embarrassing, isn't it? Really? I mean, there, was, there are many other more worthy components and I'm not just saying that from the North Melbourne perspective that Giants would have come at the at the Crows better. You know, it's it's... We shouldn't have had that spectacle and it, you know, it fell apart really, didn't it? Well, I was gigging again on Sunday, so I didn't have to sit through it. But I was watching on my phone when, when, when possible, and just saw that left-hand side of my phone keep those numbers just kept going up and up and up and up 
Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the crows are awesome. Let's not take anything away from them. They really are just in stunning form. I think that's the best I've seen a women's footy team play. Um, but Geelong, again, you know, just didn't come to the party. We're I don't think they've got – yeah, look, and missing um, – Corey, you spoke earlier Yeah, about, I, I think obviously – You put Phoebe out of the game apparently, is that right? Apparently, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, just, let's just have it known out. that Cora broke Phoebe's hand. Yeah. A kick and a punch. Yeah, and a obviously you'll know. <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously I heard I did um, from Phoebe, um, you know, and obviously there was no intention of Phoebe being a former teammate last year and very good to me when I was here last year, obviously played in the forward line with her, and, you know, it's a fantastic but player. But then she abandoned you, Cora. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, obviously – that, some that's kind of payback? Yeah, no, not team. at all. Um, <laughs> the team yes, ganged yeah, up. We, we don't do that um, club swapping at home. So, yeah, I'd be very much uh, a one-club person. <laughs> but, you know, I understand, you know, she wanted to go home and she's from from, yeah. Victor- from Victoria, from Geelong. Um, but, yeah, obviously with Phoebe out, that was straight away when I heard that, you know, I probably had given them very little chance, if any. And then when Phoebe was out, they have absolutely no chance. Um, as you said, they've struggled to kick goals this year. And, you know... Um, the last year, yeah, while you know it was just an annihilation, I think the crows, you know, could have probably won it by a lot more, and um, you know, it was it was it was probably a bit you know painful to watch at the end. Um, you just wanted it to be over because it was yeah. it had to be very um, disheartening for Geelong. Um, but you know, take you know the crows are a super team. Obviously, we had the the rat of them a few a few um, weeks ago, and you know they're they're an amazing team, but. Um, for for a prelim final, obviously, and with Carlton Frio being a, a very good game the day before, you were expecting probably a better spectacle. And let's hope the grand final lives up to that. Um, hmm. But um, yeah, Geelong have probably, you know, um, in some ways for for um, the team they have, they're probably overachieved by making a grand final. And obviously, that's the hmm. whole conference system and you know the the crux of that. Um, it's not their fault um, that they, you know, you know, got were second in in, in conference B and made the, the prelims. That's the AFL. Um, but yeah, it was a disappointing in. But you know, you could see it after a few minutes that you know there was no one in the, probably in the long forward line that they were going to get the ball up to score or even mm-hmm. hold the ball in there um, for enough, for enough time for them to to relieve the pressure off their back. Their backs, their defense was under massive pressure for the whole game. Yeah, and as wonderful as uh, Meg. Meg Mac. She was yeah. ace. Ma- is it, are we allowed so to call her Meg Mac? We can. Mac. Meg. She doesn't Mac. listen. Yeah. We can call her whatever we want, especially if we're giving Megan her a McDonald's. big thumbs up. Yeah. She was so wonderful good. as she is. She couldn't keep every goal out. Yeah. She kept Stevie Lee to two touches for the whole game. And so Meg picked up 20, or about 18 herself yeah. and a couple of tackles. She kept them in the game. One stage she dropped a mark. Uh, Meg, she dropped a mark, but she turned and ran down. I'm sorry, I don't actually know who she ran down, but ran down someone and tackled her in, yeah. basically in the goal square, saved a goal. She picked up, so she did it all on her own, kept Stevie Lee to nothing. I actually don't think Adelaide even played their best football. No, it took them a really long time to get going. So I'm a bit fearful of what they might be able to yeah, do next week. Yeah, and I think week. that um, Elise Jones, or I'm not pr- pronouncing her first, she had only three or four touches as well, and she's been... Been cr- tops cr- for them yeah. as well. Yeah, Eloise yeah. Jones. Yeah. Eloise Jones, yeah. Yeah, she's been she's been tops as well this year, and she she was barely in it. And um, but I think as well in Geelong and their other all Australian nominee again, her name um, I'm not sure of, but she was ruled out before um, the match with concussion for Geelong. So she was a huge, huge loss. Um, along with Meg Mack, she's the other all Australian um, nominee. Yeah, but like, and saying that it's you know might put the scoreline you know a bit more respectable. But the Crows are always going to you know win it in, in, in at a canter. Yeah. Look, I am. Um 
I, I felt almost a bit sad. I thought it was going to be pants down and a nudie run. I don't know if that happens in Ireland <laughs> where <laughs> you don't drop a ball at pool or whatever. Yeah. But um, So I'm glad so I got on the can scoreboard. Can we just make sure? Yeah, I understand. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so I was wrapped up on the hold scoreboard. You hold your um, opponent scoreless. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so I'd um, never heard of it, so I didn't know what she was yeah. talking about. Maybe it's a Victorian thing me. or something, but it's worldwide now, isn't yeah. it? It's Cora, well done. Um, I felt sad for Geelong. I thought they, they sort of got a bit embarrassed on the the big stage as well um but for a first year club to make the prelim um if they get all their injured players back the young girl from round one who was a star yeah Remember? nina morris yeah, yeah good on you yeah. thank you i couldn't think of her name yeah. um if she'd ACL been playing that was uh, acl, ACL. Yeah. if she'd played the year she would have made a difference you bring yeah. people in around you and everything so look next year yeah. and i think you have to credit geelong as well as i said i don't know enough about about the whole um system but there seem to be a team that has taken you know all the um talent from underage local kids, local kids and yep. didn't probably recruit yep. um, many many top stars phoebe they took from us but she's from there so mm. um and maddie boyd she's from there they took from us but they didn't really sign too many big stars like probably other clubs have done they've you know looking to work from you know their local talent up which you have to give them credit for too definitely I'm going to make a big grand statement here okay go yours have all been correct so far Adelaide's (laughs) best and fairest will be Eb Marinoff Ooh. Not Aaron. No. Not Aaron Phillips. Do you want to have a bet? Do you want to have a bet? Yeah, I'll put a schooner on it. A schooner, all right. Yep. <laughs> Beautiful. Pre- I'd be prepared to do a little more than that, actually. It's going to be Aaron Phillips every day of the week. I think she'll win all the media awards and the uh, Association Best and Fairest and things like that. But I think within the club, everyone knows that Aaron's a legend. And she, sometimes you don't notice how good they are you know what I mean because she's always getting 20 odd possessions and always kicking a goal and always being there Ebb is a different player from one or two years ago and what she does now that she's kicking goals as well at the end of the season she opened the floodgates with last week's goal picked up two on the weekend I think the difference in Ebb's game in the last couple of years to this year that she is a standout within the club and they've noticed that and she may be getting points above Erin that's that's my big grand statement. All right, a schooner it is. All right. Okay. You're Go. on. You're on. <laughs> <laughs> the only one I'd love to see maybe come back, we haven't spoken all year about Sarah Perkins. Um, yeah, Perko. Yeah, how would she be feeling on the sidelines? It's not an injury. It's uh, just uh, not good enough to get back in the team or fitness or something at the moment. Well, she Has was there on talk? the weekend yeah. singing with them. So, and she did um, put out a tweet saying, it's you know, even though I'm not playing, it's great to be part of you know the club and sing the song regardless. So she's yeah. being positive and she's there. Um, but sort of, it's, I feel for her. Yeah, yeah same. Perko. Yeah, because she was so integral to the uh, publicity and the feel good sort of about the association and everything, how it all came together. Um, So it'll be different with her not out there. It was two years ago today uh, the the inaugural grand final was held, so I had my photo with Oh, they played it on a Monday, did they, in early (laughs) days? no. No, they didn't. Calendar year, yep. Uh, yeah, well, I think so it's, it's an anniversary. It's, yeah. the first I think it's uh, difficult mm. for someone like uh, Perkins that if she's not playing. It's you know has to hurt, you know, because she's been probably a star, you know, in their inaugural year and you know has done quite well for them. But you know, th- th- there's obviously young talent coming up and is obviously and came into the club and you know has passed her out and has to hurt. You know, as a, as a sports yeah. person, has to hurt. And so would know, it be that this coach doesn't uh, see what 
uh, Beck Goddard saw in her in the early yeah, days? Yeah, or? I don't think um, probably Beck Goddard had as much talent and, you know, um, you know, girls are probably ste- stepping up. You talk about Marinoff, Hatchard, you know, she only played, I think, a game or two, if any, for them last year. So they have a lot of raw young talent and then obviously talent that came to them, Sophie Lee. And, you know, there's just obviously more competition and, you know, she's probably struggling to match that competition. And, mm. um, you know, she, she's a fantastic um, footballer, but obviously um, things aren't working out for her now. And, you know, she, you know, she's probably obviously not going to, st- I can't know the grand final team, but you presume she's not going to start and mm. will probably, some could say, will struggle to be with the Crows next year. Who mm. knows? It'll and be maybe Big Goddard might have dropped it too. Yeah, who knows? Actually, mm. I mean, you were saying maybe it's a, it's a, the uh, the key forward actually doesn't have a role anymore in the game. I I don't know about yeah. uh, quite that clear, but I think that it seems like the role of the forwards is diminishing somewhat as the speed of the game picks up and that talent through the midfield. There's a lot of press forward from those mids that are kicking goals, and yeah. uh, you know people like Darcy Vessio aren't bobbing up as often. Um, you know, I mean, and it's the ruck. Sometimes a resting ruck is yeah, the one come forward the as a tall yep. and yeah. So I mean, then that's looking awesome from a team perspective. But I think that key forward and you know this happened in the AFLM competition as well, where yeah, those key I, forwards I, I, I think yeah, there's probably not as much for role. You have to be an exceptionally key forward to be there. Like you know, probably Harris is up there because of her physical strength. And yeah, Tegan power. Cunningham's another Tegan, one. Yeah, because they're really they're either really really tall and they're really physical and. Even at that, you can see Carlton aren't using Harris or Vesio as much. So you know, there's, I think from from the inaugural year to now, it's things the competition standards has gone up. The players are getting better, and that's where you know when we talk about Perkins, that the players are getting better, the competition is getting better, and everyone has to move with that. You know, obviously the the standard of of play and you know what game plans um, coaches now play it's not just kick the ball long in you know the the, the, the competition the skill level is has gone up so they're they're able to play free flow and football more so maybe than two years ago and yeah. as we always talk about there's limited opportunity in AFLW because of the length of the season and the length of the games themselves so how many goals is a good enough number from a key forward if you're getting two or three that's a damn fine game mm. but we regard that generally as a sort mm. of an average turnout for yeah. you know a re- although I think result um, from a forward is Stevie Lee still leading the goal kicking on I think only 12 yeah but she's, ha- like she's that, had so. this un- you know an unbelievably elite feed hasn't she yeah. from from an incredible yeah. midfield but to me it's almost like an award that's not not worthy giving given at the end of the year you know what I mean like 12 goals for a season is it much chop um I don't know especially when we're talking about that the key forward doesn't care it makes anymore. me think you know I wonder whether we've got to start to assess forwards in the way that we look at t20 cricket you know it's a it's a, a bats person's game isn't it these days and bowlers don't get much uh time in the spotlight and if they get a wicket or two that's great but nobody really cares if you've only got a couple of wickets no one's getting five wicket hauls anymore because there isn't the time mm-hmm. it's a little bit like that in aflw as well so key forwards i wonder if we start to have to start if we cannot speak <laughs> <laughs> if we might have to start to assess them in other ways and the way that we assess defenders ability to spoil yeah. or smother or just scrag an opponent it's not about possessions or goals what else are they doing that's helping you know to create space for teammates to come through and so forth yeah, I, I, I think that's done within teams. You know, as a, as a forward, we're not just judged on goals scored. Obviously, yeah, that's that's really important. But you know, you have so many other roles, whether it's score involvements or you know meters gained or 
t- your tackle pressure or wh- whatever it is. It's, you know, it's probably the smaller things that you're doing for the team. You know, most of the ball is, is contested around the middle and uh, around, you know, your main midfielders and a lot of the good players are there. So, yeah, I, I think it's changing where, you know, that key forward of getting a lot of goals in any season. I don't know what top scorer was last year. As far as I remember, I think it would have been about 14 goals. Yeah, so it wasn't many more. No. It wasn't many more. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it is changing a little bit, but, you know, as a forward player with the Giants we're not just judged on that there's there's so much more that you're judged on and, and like that it can be anthem from forward pressure to um, tackles to whatever is creating space there's there's so many different things that you're, you're kind of judged on Cora what are your key markers for having had a good game what do you look back on and say I did I tick those boxes I'm happy with my game yeah um, I, I probably change it a lot um, I, I, I um, in, in from maybe game to game I try to improve again improving things I mightn't have done that well or you know maybe Al might say to me you need to do that better this week or you know there could be small things like for me it could be getting back off the mark quickly or you know not playing on or whatever it is um, but the I suppose contentious <laughs> protected zone yeah <laughs> exactly not to give away too many 50 metre penalties um, but like this year I suppose um, obviously I worked on my kicking so you know your disposal efficiency would be one but um, tackling for me is a forward I you know I relish a good tackle and, and you know um, I, I like that area of the game or that I'm able to absorb like that and give off um, you know passes to teammates I, I probably played a little bit of a different role this year than I did last year I probably played higher up the pitch I was probably more of a deep forward last year and I really liked that um, so yeah there's different different things every week but you know tackle pressure forward pressure um, you know that would be certainly things yeah obviously you want to kick goals as a forward but um, disposal efficiency um, and just yeah general just getting around winning that kind of dirty ball ground ball um would be something that i'd have probably um, looked at this year what about uh bouncing the ball oh yeah no that definitely won't happen yeah. <laughs> have you had a go like has yeah, it I happened have, in a game no i i just touch it off the ground if oh. i have to bounce it. <laughs> um, I've, i haven't spent much time trying to um work on that skill because there's too many others i have to work on um you know, as you probably see in AFLW, even in the men's game, not, not not a lot of people bounce the ball because you know anything can happen. So yeah, I haven't really wasted my time to trying to trying to learn it. Um, so you That's next season, you know, you definitely don't see that happen. I can tell you that. I'm Ellie Brush, and you're listening to Giants Women Say. Let's talk about the Taylor Harris photo. It's it's a big, big world, but it's a thing that needs to be dealt with in some way. And I think this Taylor Harris incident has gone worldwide. While it's massive here in Australia, as I said, it's been in America, it's been in papers in America, Canada, it's been in Ireland. I think this might be the starting point where people suddenly realise that it's not okay to say anything, any flipping comment on social media, whatever, if it's sexual, whatever it is, doesn't matter. They can't just... Go use that as a platform where they can abuse people yeah. um, unless they want to abuse them and be the person they stand up and say well that's my comment that's what I'm saying in my opinion yeah it, it feels doesn't it and I must quote my partner on this one who said that this could be like women's football's Nikki Winmar moment Cora mm. I'm not sure if you know who Nikki Winmar no. is he was a footballer indigenous footballer who played for St Kilda in the late 80s probably right through the 80s and early 90s who was playing at Victoria Park and I don't know the year and I apologize for not knowing but um, he'd had a gutful of the racial torment yeah. that he'd experienced in his football days and towards the end of that game against Collingwood yeah. yep he lifted his he just simply stood up yeah. lifted his jumper up above his chest and mm. pointed to his skin yeah and that is, has become 
I would say, one of the most iconic images of Australian football. Mm -hmm. And it certainly was a watershed moment. It changed things for uh, racial vilification laws and, you know, and the AFL responded. And, I mean, there's still a long way to go in that regard. But there was a big response. And my partner commented and said, maybe this is like women's football's I do think it's it's a big watershed moment, but I do think... The AFL and any other sporting organisation, whatever, if it's soccer, if it's rugby league or whatever it is, um, that they all now do something um, down the line to make sure that these moments don't happen again and again. You yeah. know, just, it's fine. It go, it'll go away eventually. The story will be, you know, it's been talked about for a week, which shows the important story. It eventually will go away. But the next time it happened, that it doesn't become headline news, that it's stamped out. And I think the AFL and all other sporting organisations need to have procedures and policies put into place and straight away that it, you know, it doesn't become a story because it should never happen. Yeah, yeah absolutely It right. should never happen. And, yeah. I, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's sad that it has to come to that, that a photo of a 21-year-old girl and the comments that are made um, that has to make worldwide news for something to change. But, you know, if it does change something, I'm sure the likes of Taylor will say to herself, you know, I've done something for the next generation of young girls coming up in the generation they're playing already. But it's something certainly right throughout the world that social media needs to change. And, and, and it's up to people that run the accounts, um, that modify the, the, the run. Everyone runs their own account. Or if you have accounts like AFL or at home, you have the GA, the people that they're responsible for them. And if they put out comments, if people are out comments, whoever they are, they're responsible for their own account and they're punished. And they're punished in, in, a, in, a, in a way that's not just, oh, you're going to miss a match or you're going to this yeah. happening. They're punished... You know, because it, at the end of the day, to me, it's a crime. Yeah, you're really unequivocal on that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I certainly am. It's you know, I've seen I've seen it happen over the years myself personally, and I've seen it happen to other people, and it's just not right. You know, we talk about an era of mental health, and um, with young people, uh, and you know, young women and young men, and you know, I think social media has a huge. Um, has a huge part to play in the mental health of young people on a negative point of view that we've poor mental health and you know we're we're living in a society where it's all about likes and um you know uh, retweets and comments and stuff that that's not how life should should be lived um you know um you you are your own person and you shouldn't worry about um how you look or what what someone else is putting up on instagram it should be just about yourself Hmm. what i love um just to kind of tie this up what i love is that taylor turned it around and she um changed it into a Kick. she made it into a kicking challenge yeah. but what i haven't heard anyone else talk about um when they've been commenting on this on this um, hashtag and the, the challenge is her little slapstick moment in that in that video so she go, she's done the kick and then she's talking to the dog and she goes to put a foot on the bench and she misses and <laughs> she sort of pretends to hit Ed and, and falls back I reckon I won't be doing a Taylor kick challenge, but I reckon I could do a Taylor <laughs> stumble around and be clumsy challenge. I'll do that. I think there was a that pair of footy with the shoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just think it shows the character of the person yeah. that she can turn it around into yeah. a very, you know, positive manner. And, and obviously, you can see by her performance at the weekend that you know, it's you know, she was she was really amazing. Funny. It was yeah. probably her best game of the year. Yeah, she she was amazing, yeah. and you know, that just shows yeah. for the twenty one year twenty one year old that's gone through that. You know, to be that strong will, she, she's. Distracted from, yeah. from her job on the on the field. Playing footy yeah. is the easy part, isn't it? Sometimes? Yeah, but that's all you that's all you want to do yeah. is play footy, and you know all I'm sure she wants to do is inspire the next generation, and you know kids to be like her, and you know she's a phenomenal athlete. Wouldn't you love to be like her? 
Can we yeah. give a shout out to Darcy Vessio on your point too, Fee, about the kick challenge where Darcy, I think, nominated cheeky. Jeffrey Cheeky, her own uh, uh, contender for the yeah, – her, yeah. her entry. Entry, the thank you. Couldn't get the word. Um, into the competition. And I saw it initially and thought, geez, that's a great kick from Darcy as well. I thought, oh, well, fair yeah. enough. She's a top-line player. Yeah. She probably can do a very similar She's thing. She's a top-line graphic a top line um, photoshopper, as it turns out. Great yeah. retouching she's skills. Prob- she's probably one of the best AFLW players to follow on on social media. She's she's, she's very very, funny. very 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 yeah. witty, yeah. smart woman. Yeah, and I so know. she photoshopped Taylor's legs onto her own body. Yeah. she even darkened the skin on yeah. her legs and to match her face. Slightly changed the angle so changed the boots. immediately look the yeah. same. She, she's yeah. very funny. Slip. She she, she done. Um, She's done videos of her, but she was um, a Wimbledon, so the tennis oh, comp, the, the, the ball, ball boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. it was. She's, she's, she's a comedian as well as everything else. Yeah, and she's, she's, she's brilliant. She's played her her old self, like so. She's pretended to be herself after after retirement, saying, "Yoo-hoo, it's only me." Just, <laughs> yeah, just reminiscing on my career. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. This is Phoebe Monaghan and you're listening to Giants Women Say. So M caught up with Seabomb, um, Cecilia McIntosh, and we're looking forward to hearing that interview now. I'm super excited today to be joined by one of Australia's greatest sportswomen, Cecilia McIntosh. Welcome. Thanks for having me on the pod. Now, you have at various times been a silver medalist in Javelin for Australia. You have represented Australia at the Olympics in the bobsled. You've been a weightlifter, a nationals level baseballer, and you've just retired from the AFLW playing with Collingwood. I don't know where to start with this. Maybe the question is, what's your absolute career highlight? That's actually pretty hard to um, pinpoint, really, because there's been a few. Um, I'd have to say that the Commonwealth Games silver medal was was one of my absolute highlights. Um, making the Olympics to um, compete compete for Australia at the um, Winter Olympics in bobsled was, was another one. But also that first AFLW game where it was the lockout crowd. Uh, I don't think I've ever experienced such a, a roar, especially with, with my other sports, the way that that roar from that night. I remember that day well. I had a tear or two like so many other people in the crowd too. Now, I'm aware too that you had a series of injuries. That might be an understatement. You've had some significant injuries in your career and a shoulder injury that put you out of contention for the Olympics in Javelin. Am I right in saying that? Yes. Yeah, so I've had, over, over my career, I've had nine major surgeries. Um, the, the shoulder was, um, I had three shoulder ops and I had one major um, shoulder reconstruction, which completely destroyed my Javelin career. So that forced me into early retirement as a javelin thrower um yeah and you told me earlier that your dream was to be an olympian and you had that dream from like an earliest memory when you were two years old or something like that that you really wanted to be an olympian tell me more about that yeah i can't remember exactly what it was i was watching i may have been watching commonwealth games or the olympics um you know, just as a little kid, I, all I can remember is that I wanted to be an Olympian. Um, at that stage, I didn't know what sport. It was just, I've got to get myself to the Olympics. And at that early age, I was a, actually a swimmer. So whether it was going to be swimming, um, I didn't know. 
uh, and um, from there it just grew. And um, as a little kid, I went I went from swimming. Uh, I then went into gymnastics for a year, and m- my mum actually thought I was really good at gymnastics, but I wasn't as interested in it. And I had I had my heart set on on track and field, so I asked mum if I could change over to track and field and I think that's where I felt that it, that's what it was going to be it was in, in one of the events in track and field was how I was going to make the Olympics. So you got into track and field and particularly javelin was a real strength for you and then after winning the silver medal had a bad enough injury to put you out of athletics and as I said earlier that contention for the Olympics. What followed was a, a doorway opening into football? Yeah, so um, as I was finishing my, my javelin career or coming to the to the end, which I didn't know was going to be the end at the time, I was we were training with a with um, a couple of netball teams. I mean, we we were training with Kestrels, but we were also training with the state league team um, aerials at the time. And 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 one of the girls that was was there was was Dale Robinson, and she was like, "Look, uh, if, if if you no longer." you know do the javelin you should definitely come across to football so pretty much that's exactly what I did I retired from from javelin throwing and and walked straight into to pre-season at, at Melbourne Uni. It's funny to think about having an injury in a different sport and taking up footy because that might be a bit safer. Well everybody has actually said that over the years how did you get into football after having such a serious shoulder injury and I'm just like it's completely different action um that you need for for those two sports between javelin and, and and football so the bumps didn't didn't bother the the shoulder but throwing the spear did <laughs> amazing now I want to talk a little bit about some of the compromises you've made as an athlete I remember in those early years and I should actually full disclosure here I have a complete bias towards C-Bomb and a, a complete emotional <laughs> connection with C-Bomb playing a lot of footy at Melbourne Uni myself with her um great teammates and we went through some interesting times some great times at the footy club I do remember in those early days you talking to me about the work that you were doing to support yourself and that was you working in a supermarket stacking shelves overnight full time to you know pay rent and obviously to pay off a debt that you had I think you'd maxed out a bunch of credit cards that you'd accrued in your athletics time you know traveling and so forth tell me a bit more about that yeah so um for most of my working life, I've worked at supermarkets between between Coles and and, and Woolworths. Um, at the time that I started playing um, football for Melbourne Uni, I was on night shift, so um, I was working, you know, starting at ten o'clock at night and finishing at six a.m. in the morning, five days a week, full time, uh, and then not getting very much sleep during the day before having to go off to to football training in the afternoons, and it it, it took its toll, but I pushed through. I mean. Um, it's what I wanted to do and, and as much as it, it actually ended up affecting me mentally as well because um, I was very, very worn out. Um, I guess I, I reckon I made bad decisions because I was so tired all the time, but nothing ever stopped me from still pursuing my dream, playing footy, um, being the best that I could be as an athlete. It wasn't just about playing footy, it was about being the best that I could be um, and I just pushed through those those harder times of working those night shifts. You seem to me to have an extraordinary level of self-drive and determination. Given the sort of adversity that you had experienced um, and, you know, this kind of working like crazy to just to make it work for you as an athlete, where do you think that drive comes from? 
to be honest, I've got no idea where it comes from. I think I'm just such, from a as as a young kid, just such a competitive person in whatever I do. I mean, it could be, you know, what we we would play table tennis, you know, on on um, away trips with the AFLW, and um, myself and Jamie Lambert would always would always get into it on the table tennis table. So it's doesn't matter what it is. Could be a card game, could be sport. You know, I'm always competitive. So it's just. I just want to be, I think, the best that I can be and, you know, win. Now, you've just retired uh, a week or so ago, a week ago now. Uh, you know, I can see a kind of wistful look in your eye and maybe a few other things going on, given that it's been an incredibly intense week for you. I'll touch on a few things on that in a moment, but I'm curious to know, you didn't get a game in your, what could have been your final game and send-off as a player at Collingwood. How'd that make you feel? To be honest, I'm pretty shattered about it. Um, the fact that we were sitting zero and six in the the column was uh, just a reason why I thought, well, you know, give me my last game. Uh, it's not as though I'm a detriment to the team or anything. Um, our team is very even across the board. Um, I think the the only thing could have been would would be to give me my last game, give me the 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 send off. I I, I feel I deserve, um, but I guess the coaches had other things in mind, and you know, looking forward um, to where they were were heading as a as a team and going youth. That's what they decided, and I just had to deal with it. But look, to be honest, I'm disappointed in in the club in the, the decision that they made at leaving me out. So you've had loads of support in many ways around your retirement. Lots of people coming out of the woodwork and really rallying for you. But we're all aware that. It wasn't so great for you in other respects with the shocking online trolling that occurred. Now, you had enough to deal with in retirement and not getting that final game. Then to have this on top, what do you say to people who do this kind of thing? I think, first of all, you just got to stop and think. Like, you can't just react because that's probably was my first response was, why are these people saying this stuff about me that's not true, you know, Um, to say that. I'm a nobody really because I've played what six games but I mean I've played 17 games and I've had a whole other career in four or five other sports as well I've been an Australian you know uh, athlete at the Commonwealth Games and and Olympics you know where do you get off saying this sort of stuff so to just slow it down and just think about what you want to say hence why I was probably quiet at the start of the week and didn't didn't wait till you know things had played out with with Taylor Harris and that before I I said anything. It must take all your effort to actually not fire back at them online, I imagine. Yeah, look, it's taken taken a while to get to this point because I'm probably someone that's a bit of a hothead in that sort of regard. But over the years, I've learned that, you know, taking a step back and thinking about what you want to say is, is the better option and taking that high road is always is always better. So it always makes you look better than them in the end as well. So was it Michelle Obama who said if they go low, we go high? I think that's that's I heard that somewhere. I don't know where I heard that, but yeah. Yeah, I think I need a tattoo of that or something. Thinking about situations like this week where you really have been doing it tough, to say the least, perhaps, in a few ways. I know there are some really fantastic women, particularly in your life, who are wonderful supporters of yours, that your mum and your nan, particularly. And I, I, I just remember so fondly the year that we got our casual rugby tops at Melbourne Uni with our, our nicknames on the back. So, of course, you had the big C-bomb emblazoned across the back. And nan, bless, got nan bomb 
across the back of her rugby jumper. <laughs> Forever an icon at Melbourne Uni, I think your nan. But just want to know a bit about, you know, have these women been particularly incredible for you, especially in those times of great adversity? Yeah, they've been they've been great. Obviously, they've allowed me to to pursue the career that I wanted. Um, I still live with Nan, so you know that comes down to the financial issues that I've had because of everything that I've done and and what it's cost me in in that regard. Um, so they come to most of the games when they can. Um, they were at the last game as well on last weekend, which you know would have been nice if if Nan could have got and Mum as well got to see me play one more time especially with Nan not knowing if she's going to make it another year with the cancer and everything. So um, they've been been great and um, I can't ask for any more from them. I want to touch on your experience in the AFLW, especially with regard to, uh, you know, whether you reflect a little bit now on your time joining Collingwood three years ago and your preparation as an athlete and your preparation as a footballer. Would you change anything about the way you did things at Collingwood? Actually, I don't think I, I would have. Um, uh, I, I feel I ticked all the boxes. I trained hard, put my head down. Um, everything that the coaches asked of me, I did. Um, you know, I, I feel like I helped teammates. Um, I set a higher standard. So hopefully they, they paid attention and, and know what to do going forward. So I don't think there was, there was much more that I could have done um, in any regard in terms of my AFLW career. It's amazing to hear that. Most people will say, yeah, I would have shifted this or that, but you're like, no, no, I really ticked the boxes and, you know, prepared as I wanted to and followed through. Would you change anything about the AFLW itself, about the competition? Um, I would definitely change the way it's set up. I mean, it's got to be a fair competition. If we look at the conference system this year, I know they had to give it a go and see how it worked, but you've really got to be playing everybody once, I feel, whether that's works out as conferences or whether just one big ladder, um, you need a fair competition and you need to play everybody. So um, that's the only way that I think we're going to get fairness and I guess the right teams at the the top of the ladder. I'd love to talk all day with you, Sivom. I really would. There are so many questions I have for you. We don't have much time. I've just got one last one. What's the future hold for you? You never know. I just uh, I just tried uh, archery yesterday, and that was really cool. So, oh my god, you might make the Olympics again. Like you never know. Watch this space, I guess. <laughs> Cecilia McIntosh, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for joining us on the Giants Women Say podcast. Perhaps we can do it again sometime. For sure. Thanks for having me, Em. Let's do our prediction for the grand final. Who wants to go first? I predict a really good crowd out there at Adelaide Oval. Well, I think plus two. Well, Kiwi I, and I will. Good be work. Here. Jump on the plane. I think there'll be. I think they had about thirteen, fourteen thousand on yeah. Sunday, and so I think having probably a better side coming across to play and being the grand final. Over the 20 mark, if not even higher, would be fantastic. Um, and they'll all be there to cheer on Adelaide to a victory. It'll be hard fought, or harder fought than what maybe we think. But no, I think it'd be I think it'd be a really good game. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Adelaide. Sorry, Fee, go ahead. I reckon Adelaide. Easily. No, nothing more to say. Yeah. Yep. Oh, we should pick best on ground. Like, there's a trophy for best on ground, isn't there, on uh-huh. the day? Yep. So. I'll go Aaron Phillips. 
That, that was the easy one. No. I know, it's a bit obvious. Yeah. No, why don't I change it to Chelsea Randall? <laughs> if yeah. we pretended Aaron wasn't playing, let's do that. <laughs> Who's yes. the second best on ground, perhaps? Well, then Eb Marinoff, probably. Yeah, Randall's a good pick, though. I think she stands up in these games, too. Yeah, Ra- she's, she, she's going to have a tough with Vessio and Harris. Yeah. So, yeah, she's going to be at her best. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a lot closer than everyone expects. So, yeah, I just... It's very hard not to tip the crows, but I do think that you know Carlton are in a right shout. Um, are yeah, you, are you, I know. I, I, are you doing I, it? No, Go I on. Say it out loud. No, I do. <laughs> no one listens to this show anyway, so no one will know. No, I do. No, I do think the crows probably have um, a little, of, a few better players, and probably a little bit more experience in the likes of Phillips and Randall and the bigger leaders. But I do think it's going to be very close. Um, and again, after the week that's in it, I just think you know. Carlton and Grenoble's massive underdogs. Um, if the game was probably in Melbourne or somewhere, I'd give them probably a better shot. I think home ground will. It's difficult to go to Adelaide and play down there. But um, you know, if I was going to go best on ground, I'd probably go for someone like Anne Hatchard or somewhere like that. Yeah. I think give her just something different. S- someone near mm-hmm. the ball. I think yeah. you're right. No. So we're, we've all said Adelaide. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Probably so, yeah. fairly comfortable, yeah. but we're mm. hoping and praying for a great yeah. game. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Who do you watch it with, Cora? The team? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll watch it. Yeah, we'll go to some local. Um, uh, bear and watch it. It's it's early. I think it's uh, it's a one twelve thirty Adelaide time, one o'clock Sydney time. So yeah, we'll go. We went to watch it last year as well. So yeah, a good gang of us will go and watch it. Um, we'll be very neutral. We won't be shouting for either. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, who are you picking? Good Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know what I wanted to ask you. What the hell is Ducky? Oh, that, that's my Twitter name, is it? Yes. Yeah. yeah um, again, that's going back for from uh, maybe five, six, seven years ago. I just wanted to go on Twitter and no one to know me because I like Twitter for sports news and to find out what things are going on. So I didn't want anyone to have to follow me because if they knew me, they'd follow me. So we just went for this random name and just stayed with it and they never Ducky started. 15. Yeah. And everyone so then, did. yeah, but... There's so another, there's the nickname. Yeah. Yeah, but there's an Irish, another Irish player with Ducky. Yeah. Eilish Constant, yes. the, the, the girl that plays the pro. Be some no, no, no. King. Yeah, no. no. So yeah, I just went with that. Um, so. So, but do you know why hers is Ducky? Is I have no that? idea. No. We'll have to. Typo. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Eilish Constant, as you do, she actually has been given a reprimand by the. Yeah, MR. the MR, yeah, I've yeah, seen that. Yeah. yeah. So she's free to play this week, and there were two counts that she was. Uh, yeah, the, I, 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 there was there was one rough, tackle. There was conduct. probably yeah, just um, yeah, it was probably a little, a, bit a little on edge. Yeah, how relieved would she be? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, it'd be great to see if Ailish gets the start. Unfortunately, we played them. She, she was dropped, so she didn't play. So she came back in the last two weeks. So I, I'd say she'd be hoping to hold her spot for the grand final. So mm. it'd be great to see an Irish girl, um, obviously involved. Um, yeah. but I know there's huge competition there. That every week is kind of. A wait and see for her so mm. hopefully yeah she'll be she'll be playing and um yeah hopefully she'll get her grandfather I'll, I'll obviously have to be shouting for her maybe not the crows but i'll certainly be shouting ah. for her <laughs> yeah <laughs> fingers crossed for eilish then all right so thank you very much to ser for hosting us again thank you anthony dockerell the program manager for doing our paneling today thank you very much to cora staunton did i say that already Thank you, Cora Staunton, for being in the studio with us. And there's one more thing left to say, and that is... Here Here Comes the Giants. Brilliant. took me a whole year to learn the song. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the best song in the league, too. It is a goodie. Yeah.
Yeah, well, she's dead right. to me. I've said that twice on this podcast. <laughs> After she and left. Her, her mum was a hooch. Did you ever get a chance to meet yeah, her? Yeah, I have, yeah. She's so funny. Is she? And now she's not one of us. <laughs> I was actually me that broke her hand. I didn't know until like five Seriously? days later. No. Yeah. All oh, right, we've got it. We've got it. We've got it. Yeah. 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 I didn't no, know. I and it was like, oh, she no. sent one of the girls a Snapchat and said something. About, and I was there. Like not giving out. She just said, oh, you know, it was Cora or something. I was like, what? Oh, I felt so oh. bad. Oh, wow. I was aiming for a face. <laughs> <laughs> no, I felt really bad. Yeah. Oh, no. Who what was that? Was that? Somebody no, just beeped. I don't vibrate. No. <laughs> Jesus, Emma. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Said the actress to the bishop. <laughs> oh, <no>. Anyway. <laughs> Aren't you glad oh. you came in here, Cora? Now, all the things you could be doing really tonight. I was going to make you pretend to be the host or be the host. Oh, Maybe we'd have a decent host. host for once. <laughs> <laughs> One week, episode 10. Here we go.